and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. My husband, Rick, and I adopted a whole plant lifestyle in 2012, and today we are prescription-free and healthy as we maintain our combined 130-pound weight loss. Help others and cast your vote for this lifestyle. Subscribe to and share Be Green with Amy. Just toss voice. Let's welcome our guest. Addie Delaney Minerick is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and cookbook author. She works remotely in Houston, Texas, as the health and wellness coordinator with Dr. Jamila J. Delaney's medical practice. Be Green with Amy welcomes Addie Delaney Minerick. Welcome, Addie. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, Amy. It's so good to see you virtually and be able to do this from a long distance. So thank you for having me. Yes, it's so wonderful. I love the fact that your your kitchen is, is so lovely and we can see it. And you look like you have so many beautiful, fresh ingredients. And in a little while, you're going to be doing great recipe demo for us. And I'm really excited about that. Now, you are a registered dietitian nutritionist. So a lot of us hear about a registered dietitian. So there's a little bit of a difference now. Um, so uh, really licensure wise, um, training wise, they're both the same. You kind of just get to pick RDN versus the RD after your name um, when you pass your licensure exam. So I chose RDN, which has become uh, over the past, I would say, you know, seven years, uh, more and more people, I think, are choosing that just because it, it gets a little um, through the confusion of nutritionists versus dietitians. So uh, we are the nutrition experts, you know, do the most training. So uh, that's where the RDN comes from for me. Okay, well, I'm glad you chose it that way because I think it makes a difference too. You haven't always been plant-based, right? So how did that start for you? No, so um, actually about the same time, so uh, 2011, I was in college. Uh, at the time, I didn't even know what a dietitian was. Uh, my grandmother, I call her Nunny, um, and she is, if you uh, are aware of our cookbook, which we will talk about later, the diva on there, um, she was diagnosed with lymphoma. And I was away at college, and my mother had a traditional medical practice, cardiology um, for my entire life, private practice for the most part. And so I grew up on the health side of things, but she had over the years been doing more and more reading on preventative care. And, you know, we have a long family history of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And so uh, I was reading more and more on nutrition, doing little things within her diet. But then once we had cancer hit a little home, uh, we, we took a deep dive into plant-based nutrition and how doing that in coordination with her traditional cancer treatment could help with a very aggressive form of lymphoma that she was diagnosed with. So as a whole family, we, we cut all the animal products out. And uh, when I was home for that summer, we just did a total uh, flip of our nutritional lifestyle. And, you know, we'd always been an active family, ate pretty healthy, but still, you know, standard American diet ways. Um, still had the meat there. Most home cooked meals didn't eat out a whole lot, but still had a lot of trimming up to do. And so uh, it helped with uh, her cancer treatment. Absolutely. She is now in remission since 2012. Happy to say 80, about to be 88 years old in a couple weeks and plays golf twice a week, yoga, Zumba. Um, and so she's just been an inspiration for me. But I struggled personally uh, with uh, to get me to the dietetic side of things uh, with uh, 
body image as well as you know my nutritional eating habits went a little bit more junk food vegan i would say especially being away at college um, but so it wasn't until i actually transferred and walked on to the rowing team women's varsity rowing team at west virginia university that we worked with a sports dietitian and i saw more of how nutrition if i really refined it more could affect how i felt even as a young adult who was having some pre-diabetes uh, type of symptoms actually happen and I had gained a significant amount of weight. So further refining, taking the oils out, getting away from the process, you know, high salt, high sugar, high fat, um, pre-made frozen foods that, you know, a lot of college kids get into. And that combined with my athletic efforts was really able to get to a healthier weight, feel better about how I feel or looked and be the better athlete and recover better um, with my college athletic endeavors. And with working with her, I fell in love with nutrition and dietetics. And that combined with my plant-based nutrition family background and my mom transforming her practice, uh, it just seemed like a no-brainer. This was the way to go. And this is how my family eats now and how we uh, promote our practice. Wow. Talk of uh, plant-based destiny. Even though you left home, it was still going to haunt you until you realized that this yeah. is the best lifestyle for health and also for keeping trim and, and so forth and being a, and being an athlete and recovering you still have some athletic endeavors now right now i mean of course you're out of school yes yes, yes. so um after college i um got back into endurance running wow. with my mom. I used to hate running. I was a basketball player uh, before college, did a little cross country in high school, um, but then got into rowing, did a little running, but mostly the rowing in college. And then afterwards I was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna give this running thing a try and have totally fallen in love with it. So uh, I've done several half marathons, um, then a full, and then I got into the trail running um, scene, did a 50K when we were living in Atlanta. Um, now we're in Houston. I'm thrilled and very thankful to say I was able to run through my entire pregnancy uh, last year and fuel my pregnancy with uh, plant-based nutrition. And so now we're we're grinding back. We're through the postpartum journey. So I'm hoping to do a half in the fall. Uh, but we're just getting out there and getting a few miles in here and there now and strength training. My my husband's a strength and conditioning coach um, here at the University of Houston. So he uh, he makes me do that too to keep it balanced. But running is my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. For everybody out there that thinks that pregnancy can sabotage your weight loss or your figure, Addie can surely attest, and she's great testimony to the fact that it is not something that you're destined to have baby fat, as they some people call it, to haunt you for the rest of your life. You can definitely bounce back. And you don't have to be a marathon runner to make it happen. Either. No, no. And I actually, with some postpartum um, concerns that I've had afterwards, I wasn't even cleared to run for an extended period of time, which was frustrating in and of itself. But um, just with walking and doing some very light resistance training, that's all I was doing. So I wasn't even doing as much as I was, I would say, when I was pregnant. But the good, wholesome food really helps me recover. I'd never experienced any anemia during pregnancy or thereafter. Um, and I've been able to thankfully breastfeed this whole time as well and, you know, nourish my son that way. So, uh, no, I would think that, you know, this has really given me empowerment. And that's what I love working with our, our women members um, in that population is, you know, empowerment that you have control over your health, you have control over how you look, how you feel. And it can be super simple with the nutrition you feed yourself and your family. 
Yes, and I often hear from women who are considering pregnancy or, or experiencing it that they're concerned about adopting this lifestyle because they their doctors are, are telling them that it could interfere with the development during pregnancy and so forth. And obviously you had adopted the lifestyle prior to pregnancy, but you maintained it during pregnancy and you had a healthy baby, healthy weight and thriving baby now, right? Yes, yes. And so uh, thankfully, um, I think once my um, OB found out that I was a dietitian, they didn't pressure me too much nutrition wise. But I do know friends who have had that concern um, with their OBGYN. And really, if you're eating an optimal, balanced, nutrient dense diet, you're not skimping on calories, you're getting great quality um, vitamin K and folate sources from your leafy greens, you're getting plenty of iron, we're doing plenty of, you know, different plant-based protein sources, good whole grains, um, all of those things, you're gonna meet your nutritional needs before. So just like when I work with athletes who maybe need a little bit more, you know, I kind of treat preg I treated pregnancy the same way, you just need a little bit more. So I kept the fundamentals there and just increased my intake as needed. Uh, but you know, when doing that, I, I was, I loved when I'd go in to get the blood work, you know, I never had any hypertension um, I actually never even had any edema or swelling of hands and feet like a lot of people have. And I attribute that to low or, or no oil and no salt added in my diet. And I was just kind of told that that was how it was going to be. And I feel like most women are told that that's how it's going to be. But we know, just like with other lifestyle diseases, we can do a lot with the food we put into our body. So I was very pleased, you know, I felt a little pressure like, oh, how's this gonna go? But <laughs> it really went well. So I'm thankful, healthy me, healthy baby boy. So I couldn't be more grateful. Well, that's great because if there were anybody that would have a question about that, they could definitely ask you, not just because Absolutely. you're an RDN, but you've also experienced it. And then of course, studies are showing that a healthy baby is fed mother's milk. And if that is possible for a mom to do that, that's recommended to be the best solution. But some moms are concerned that maybe wouldn't get enough milk to provide for their child if they had a, adopted a plant-based lifestyle. So is there anything special that you think people, women rather should do? Um, a vitamin for the baby? Yeah, vitamin A foods are really important as well as complex carbohydrates. So it's really important for women to give themselves a little grace um, when it comes to wanting to get their weight back to where it was or to have new goals for that. So, you know, eating well is just as important, if not more afterwards, because you're trying to recover as well as then provide food for your baby. So you're going to naturally have that weight loss come. You need to not skimp on the good stuff like I try to preach to our members, um, but especially during that time. So um, really great grains, oats are known um, to be beneficial for breastfeeding. Um, chia seeds, flaxseed, things like that. Um, if you need to use, there's some little tricks of the trade out there like brewer's yeast and smoothies and things like that. But um, most of the time, if you're just eating really good quality, complex carbohydrates, um, like I said, vitamin A foods, sweet potatoes are fabulous. Um, and you're giving yourself enough iron and, and protein as well to help sustain you because you do have a higher um, metabolic rate with the nursing. So you have to have a little bit more come through. I was way hungrier breastfeeding than I ever was my entire pregnancy, just because you are burning through so much. So you have to listen to your body and realize that if we're, if you're doing the right thing, nutrition wise, you're going to normalize that body weight just fine. 
Uh, and doing it that way, you won't be uh, skimping on the nutrients to be able to provide that, that food source for your child. I was fortunate enough to be able to nurse my three children. And I used to joke with my lactating friends that wouldn't it be nice if we could just do this for the rest of our lives because it just kind of gives you this license to eat more. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a bonus workout. I always kind of joke right. to myself that I was doing two a days still. Um, but absolutely. Absolutely. Nutritional needs change though throughout our lives. So when we're, if, if we're pregnant or lactating, there are different things that we may need. Children have different nutrient needs too. So, you, I mean, you don't have to give a whole lecture about it, but can you kind of just talk briefly about children and how maybe their nutrient needs may be different than other segments of the age groups out there. Absolutely. Um, so a few things I pay close attention to for him, um, now that we're starting Whole Foods and, and you and I had just chatted a little bit before we started about how fun that's been to try new foods. I mean, I'm, I'm a food nerd, if you will. So to be able to share that with him has been great. Um, but so I, I look for um, in each meal, I try to see if I have a iron rich food source, um, a fat source for him because babies and children need higher fat than we do as adults. And um, vitamin A is also really crucial for them. Um, he does do um, now that he's over um, six months old, getting closer to 12 months. I've started a little bit of a vitamin D supplement with him, um, but we get out and do some sunshine. Um, that's more preventative than everything. Uh, but really uh, good iron sources, which are typically going to also be some good protein sources for him. Um, and then vitamin A and um some good complex carbohydrates too are what I, I look for the most along with those healthy fats. Well, that's good to know. I'm an advocate of supplementing with vitamin D, even though I'm not a registered dietitian. But with all the studies that are out there, it, right. it almost seems that at least with Americans, we're either deficient or we just don't have enough in our system. So even those that live in sunny states and maybe get right. out a lot in the sun. So I'm glad that you talked about that. Some of the plant-based doctors say, oh, you just go out in the sun, you'll be okay. But I think that we probably all absorb it differently. So that's really cool. Absolutely. Okay. So now we move on up a little bit and maybe what do you think the next age segment should be? Adolescence, you think, or toddler? Yeah. I mean, really, you kind of take that same approach. So um, obviously, children are growing much faster than obviously we're not growing anymore as adults. So that higher fat um, is needed, especially for healthy brain development. I'm looking at omega-3s for him, just like we look at them for us, um, but even a little bit more so. Um, so protein sources, because, you know, we're looking for those amino acids, the building blocks um, to help generate tissue growth. And they're doing it at a rapid, rapid rate. So uh, it's important to, with children, adolescents, teens, when they're still growing and developing to establish a good relationship with food, which is what I hope to share with Caleb and what I think a lot of kids miss out on in whole foods. So I think um, add, um, a variety of food that you uh, give to them, different spices, different flavors, really important. It doesn't have to be complicated. And soon when he gets a few more chompers in there, he's just going to be eating what we eat. Um, so right now I have to kind of be a little strategic uh, with that with only four little teeth in the front. Um, but, you know, as they age and develop, I'm looking at their needs and, you know, letting them eat until they're full. And when you choose good quality food, 
you don't necessarily have to be too awfully concerned with quantity with growing kids because there's no hidden science in their food, right? We're not getting the, the high fructose corn syrup and the excess salt that's in a lot of children's processed food, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, looking at those things, B vitamins, B12, just like, you know, if we're plant-based, we need B12. Um, kids who are plant-based will need it as well, but we're finding out more and more now that, you know, people who even eat meat are B12 deficient because the way our food sources are coming from, they're not getting that B12 from the grass and dirt with how they're being raised. So, you know, that's another supplement to take into account. But other than that, you know, uh, just feeding a nice variety of fruits and vegetables and color um, and, you know, not being too restrictive with them in terms of, you know, letting them eat, learning those hunger and satiety cues um, and learning what different foods taste like, letting them play with their food a little bit so that they get that uh, good relationship and, and sensory um, part of eating. And I think that that's crucial as well. Well, those are good tips. And it seems that we're so conditioned to, you have to have breakfast and lunch and dinner, and these are your meals, and then you have to have a snack. You're right, especially sometimes with the parent-child relationship, we don't always have them deciding and leading to say when they're hungry, because you know, I always say hunger is the best sauce. I think that that is a good thing to just remember that if they're hungry, they're going to eat. And if they're not hungry, there's no sense in trying to force them because eventually they're growing machines. So they'll get hungry soon if they're not right away. Absolutely. Yeah. So now I guess with introducing that, if we didn't already have children in the plant-based lifestyle, I think, again, with hunger, I think a lot of the parents worry so much that when they're trying to transition their child into the plant-based lifestyle and their child refuses because they're so used to the highly processed highly you know salt and oil and so forth that there's foods that they just at first maybe refuse the food and it might even become a, a little bit of a table war or something so do you have any suggestions as to maybe how to get children to want to be a part of this lifestyle without making them too afraid to stick with it absolutely and i think um our our language around it lifestyle like you said so we never want to talk diet we never want to talk weight loss with children um and if we have a child you know obesity is an epidemic within adults in our country and unfortunately it is with our children as well as well as the low fiber intake um, but it should never be a weight loss it should be how food can positively or negatively affect our, our body and i think explaining that depending on the age, you know, comprehension level to kids. Um, I think that's important. But I think, you know, we lead by example, and kids pick up on I'm, I'm learning with a, an 11 month old, they see a lot more of what we do and pick up on a lot more than we even realize. So you know, if you are eating the good food, your kids are more likely to do that eating together as a family is huge. And it's something I can't recommend enough if you can do it, um, you know, schedule wise, and I think that's important, e eating the same types of foods, offering foods in different ways. Um, I, I've worked with, you know, I mostly work with adults, but I work with a lot of younger adults with younger kids who, you know, have picky eaters maybe. And it's, you know, we don't rest with the answer. I don't like that. 
you know, why don't you like it? Is it, you know, is it how it feels in your mouth? Is it texture? Is it maybe you would like this baked versus sauteed or, you know, the different seasonings you're using? Um, I think so getting the conversation around food started so that they feel like they are learning to express themselves a little bit more as well. Um, and get them in the kitchen with you and cooking. I mean, that's where I fell in love with food is, you know, cooking in the kitchen with um, my nanny and then my mom. And I, when they're a part of the process and when they help with picking out what's going to be on the menu for the week, they take a little bit more ownership. Just like when kids, you know, we've heard more and more about kids who participate in um, school gardens, really connect more with the fruits and vegetables they're eating. Same type of a thing when you're building your family meals and getting ideas and having that conversation. Um, I think that that's going to help a lot too, because it, then it's not as much of, oh, I have to do this because I'm being told, but they're slowly and, and more surely picking up on the why a little bit more when, I mean, we're all that way. If we do more when we know the why than just because we need to do it and it's more consistent that way. Well, those are good tips. And I think even for anybody that's trying to adopt this lifestyle that those, the tips about, is it the, is it the seasoning? Is it the texture? Sometimes people don't even think about texture as being a reason why they may or right. may not like something like somebody says, Oh, I don't, care for mushrooms or I don't care for right. onions. But meanwhile, if they were blended up into a soup, they wouldn't even detect exactly. them with the texture. So that's a very, very good tip. So maybe we'll continue our chat, but I want you to start with your recipe because it's going to be really delicious looking and I can't wait to yes. see you prepare it. So tell us what you're going to make. So we're going to do um, a stir fry with me today, and we do this once a week. So we, um, I am a big advocate of meal planning. I have a refrigerator magnet that we write it all in. I have sheets I send to patients. So this is one that goes in our weekly meal plan every week. It's quick, it's easy, and it's delicious, and it makes a lot. So we have leftovers to send my husband to lunch with the next day. Um, so it's a shake and bake tofu is what we'll be going through today, as well as an orange ginger stir fry sauce. So we're gonna start with the tofu today. And if you grew up, I grew up on a shake and bake chicken, and that's kind of where I got the name for this farm. So I typically do this with um, extra firm tofu, and this is just a standard, I think they're 15 ounce refrigerated blocks, but I've easily doubled this recipe if we have uh, people over and it works just fine. I've gone ahead and preheated my oven to 375. And you can kind of cut your tofu into uh, the block size of your choosing. Um, but I have, you know, my block this way. And I'm going to slice it into three flat patties here. And I don't even press this on a busy night. I had it laying here on um, a piece of paper towel. You can press it, but with this, the reason why I love this so much is it's super fast. I don't have to worry about pre-planning with the pressing because my mind is all over the place. And so then I'm gonna cut it three ways. And you can cut, again, your cubes to your desired quantity. So there's my tofu. And then you're gonna take either um, just a Tupperware container or a gallon Ziploc bag. I try to be um, environmentally friendly. So here's our Tupperware container here. You just want enough room in whatever container you use that when you shake it up, you have enough room for that tofu to fly around. So you're gonna choose a flour of your choice. Um, you can do, I'm just gonna do a standard whole wheat today, but I have done this with gluten-free, um, you know, one-to-one. -one. Um, you can do this with rice flour. 
you could do with oat flour. But today my base, I'm just gonna use a whole wheat flour. And what I hope you take away from this is um, you can use this for a variety of types of cuisines. So I will do, um, so I'll give you my, my amounts here first. So we're just gonna do about a fourth of a cup of flour. And if you do a little extra, that's okay. You'll just have it left over. I just wanna let everybody know that we will have the link to the recipe below Perfect. so that you don't have to worry about writing it down. You can just enjoy watching and the link to the recipe will be provided for you. Perfecto. Um, and so uh, with this, you know, your base is gonna be your flour and then, and your recipe you'll notice, you can just need a little bit of a binder. So an arrowroot, a tapioca flour or a cornstarch, one tablespoon. Uh, I have run out of one and not had the other and have one of the other in there and it works just fine. But I'm using arrowroot for this. So one tablespoon, just a little bit of a binder and I have forgotten it completely and it works pretty good as well. But I like this, it seems to stick a little bit better. And we're just gonna shake this up. So this is your base. So if we wanna do um, more of a Mexican night with the tofu, if you wanna do a little chili powder in here for your seasoning, a little cumin, maybe a little cayenne, that's fine. Um, you could do more um, like burger seasonings, but then for Asian type dishes, I'll typically do ginger and onion, maybe garlic, and then I like a little heat. So today we're doing a little bit of onion powder. So about a half tablespoon, a little cayenne for that kick. And you know, you can adjust this dependent on, um, you know, who's in your household, if we like spicy, if we don't. And then a little bit of ginger, which I seem to have put away. And this is kind of the typical one, no matter what type of stir fry sauce that I am doing, this is kind of my base for that. Maybe you could do a little garlic in here and you're just gonna swirl it around. Then you are gonna take your tofu lid securely on, and you're just gonna shake. Hence, shake and bake tofu. I didn't press well, that it. Would be a, oh, <laughs> yeah. That would be fun for kids in the kitchen to do that It part. would, I didn't even think about that. Um, make sure the <laughs> lid's on really well, because even I am not a child, I have done that, and it goes everywhere, <laughs> and it's a little bit of a mess. But, let me see if I can come around here and show you. So as you can see, it's just very lightly coated. So it's not a whole lot of flour on here. So if we're looking at tofu is a little bit more calorically dense, if you will. Um, it's a great plant-based protein source. Organic is what I try to get, but at least non-GMO. Um, and I'm just gonna take my tofu cubes and just lay them on um, a cookie sheet with either parchment paper. I have a reusable silicone can, baking mat. Can you put the sheet on the, yeah, on the cup yeah. board or something? Yeah, so we can, yeah. we like to watch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I hear ya. So, and I, I mean, again, it's not like cookies, they're not gonna expand. So you can just toss them on here however you like. Um, and if you have a little flour that falls on here, that's okay too. And you're right. just gonna spread it out. And then you so have that silicone mat to keep it from sticking. Yes, that or parchment paper works beautifully as well. And so, there you have it. I just like it so they're not sticking together because when they do bake, they will stick together. Um, but then I just lay it flat like that. And then I'm gonna pop this in the oven at 375 for about 20, 25 minutes. Um, and then usually this will be the first thing I do and it'll be um, done the first 
I just shut my oven off and it just kind of crisps it up a little bit more. Um, but I'm gonna throw it on here for 20 minutes. And you're just gonna want it to get a little bit dry on the outside, obviously a little bit brown. Um, and then you just shut your oven off while everything else is cooking and finishing up and you are good to go. And you can make a lot of this. I have made um, with the um, chili powder seasoning is great to do that with like sweet potatoes on some spinach for a really quick lunch. Um, so making a ton of that if, if you're in the meal prepping for the week, so maybe to mix it up with the beans. Um, so a tofu is just a great source. Organic tofu, that soy, that phytoestrogen is wonderful. Do not fear soy. Um, I'm a huge advocate of it. Did my thesis on it. I am very pro soy for its benefits with hormone balance, but it's also a great iron and calcium and B vitamin source. So you just want to try to get organic when you can. But that's, that's my tofu. And we're just going to wait for that one to get oh done. Oh my goodness. Can you just imagine guys and you're watching out there, you say, oh, I'm just going to pop something together and it would be that quick. So plant-based cooking is not difficult at all and it's time consuming and the ingredients are pretty accessible. And so this is something that I think we're getting a lot of people motivated to make this recipe because it just looks like it's going to be fun and not not too complicated. And you're a busy mom and you're working, so you're finding ways to make this work. Absolutely. And you know, there's so many, there's some really great tofu recipes out there that, you know, you dip it in maybe a little plant milk and you're tossing it in this and that. Um, but at night when I need something fast, you, you nailed it. This is it. And I, I never want to, um, you know, we have our priorities, right? There are non-negotiables. And I talk a lot with our members about that. You know, what are your non-negotiables? And one of those is feeding myself and my family nutrient dense food to prevent lifestyle disease and also help us thrive with whatever stage we're in. And so it doesn't have to be complicated to do that though. And so finding a way to do it in a way that fits your lifestyle is so important and doable. And that's what I always hope to share with people. Very good. Very good tips. Yes. Um, are you ready for our sauce? Yes. Let's oh. Yeah. Well, the secret is in the sauce, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> No, so this is great. So if you are, you know, I got the hankering for, you know, a good Chinese food or Asian cuisine, you go out, you eat it, the next morning you come home, your fingers are all swollen because you just got into so much sodium and oil usually. And it may have tasted good for a second, but you pay for it the next day. And so what I love about this is there's no oil obviously. Um, and the, the sodium is greatly reduced. And if you have a concern with that, with the amount of, I'm using a tamari, if you have a gluten intolerance or celiac, you can do coconut aminos just fine. Um, but I'm doing a low sodium tamari, but you can always cut this back more or substitute a miso paste. Um, but that's the only source of, of sodium that we're having coming through. Um, and then the other ingredients are going to be fresh. So when we use fresh um, herbs and things like our ginger root that we'll be using today, as well as fresh garlic, you're getting that anti-inflammatory immune boosting benefit from a delicious sauce that you're going to put on your food, as well as your oranges for this orange ginger sauce. And I love the oranges because fun fact, you know, everyone's worried about anemia and iron absorption when you go plant-based, you know, oh, you're going to just fall over. You're going to be so weak. but 
there's plenty of iron sources in the plant-based world that are actually safer for you than that um, heme iron that is found in animal animal sources. But to improve your iron absorption for anyone, pair it with a vitamin C source. So today in our sauce, we have our oranges. And you can do that with bell peppers though, or even kale is a good source of vitamin C. Um, any, a lot of fruits, most fruits are gonna have some potatoes, fun fact, are gonna have some vitamin C. So when you pair a vitamin C source, tomatoes even, with your iron source, you can increase your absorption two to threefold. So it's never a concern. You're probably already doing it, but that's what I love about this sauce too, is we're just, we're amping up our iron absorption in a healthy, healthy way, as well as boosting our immune system. So this is easy too. This is fast. I am using a Nutribullet. I'm not sponsored. This is just what I use. And I don't really use it for smoothies. I use it for sauces. Um, but it gets everything nice and thin. You could use a food processor. You can use a regular high-speed blender, whatever you want. And I'm going to do two little cutie oranges. You could do a navel orange, obviously. Um, you could actually zest a little orange peel in here. I actually just thought of that. That would be delicious, too, or even on top if you're doing a fancy presentation. But we're going for fast today. Um, so we have the oranges. And then I literally just have my four cloves of garlic that I have taken out of the shell. And you, I, I figured, you know, sometimes people don't know how to do that. It's very simple. I'm just peeling off my clove within the peel. And then you're just going to take your knife, make sure you're not pointing up, and give it a couple smacks there. And the skin just falls right off. And so we're just going to throw in our garlic. I'm going to do a little extra more. You know, I'm half Italian, so you can never have too much garlic. Um, and then fresh ginger root is another one that we're going to throw in here. And I'll cut it up in a couple pieces. But as long as you peel it, your blender is going to do the chopping for you. So I'm going to throw that in here as well. And you can use a knife to cut off the skin of your ginger root. But the best way to get the most and not waste too much it's just use a regular vegetable peeler um, to get the skin off of that ginger root and just a, about a two inch sliver um, and you're good to go. So those are our fresh ingredients that again are immune boosting, um, anti-inflammatory, gonna help with that iron absorption and be delicious. Now for our liquid. So we have um, a little low sodium tamari, like I said, I'm doing, um, three tablespoons, you can easily reduce this. And you can thin this sauce out with more water and keep it in the refrigerator and it lasts for easily a week. Um, so, you know, it's not like this is just a one shot deal. Um, the next part is we're gonna do a little agave. You could do maple syrup. You could do date, um, date paste, date syrup as well. Um, so you just want a little hint of a sweetener. So I'm doing about a tablespoon, so not a lot. Um, if you're not, you know, strict vegan, even honey, something like that, but um, that's what we're going to use here today. And then rice vinegar, two teaspoons of your rice vinegar to give it a little bit of that kind of wang to it. And bring that to life. And back to a thickener. So what's great about this is again, there's no oil, but you know, most people want that thicker sauce kind of feel to it. 
So without the oil, a way to do that is just use, again, some cornstarch or arrowroot. I have found cornstarch to work the best, and I'm just doing a little tablespoon of that. Uh, but, you know, uh, you can use other types to help you thicken that if you wish. And then just some water. And you can also add some heat to this. So I might hit it with a little sriracha. And you can add more water if you wish as well now or while we're heating it up. And I am going to put this in the blender now. I'm actually gonna hit this with a little bit more water now because I gave myself a nice healthy heaping of ginger. And you're just gonna blend it until it's smooth. And all those ginger and garlic pieces are, are blended down. Don't want to. That's what I like about this way of cooking. You don't have to worry about cross contamination, so you can always taste yes. things and then add add more of this or that at that time. Yes. Ooh, sorry, cut you off there. <laughs> well, that's all right. I like how we can just taste it, and then if it's a little too spicy, add some more water. If it's not thick enough, put a little bit more thickener in there. And there's all just different ways of, of making it to your taste. That's the fun part about cooking is tasting. And if you were doing this with a child, you could say, hey, taste this. What do you think? Should we do this or that? And, and it's a good teaching moment. Yes. And that's one of my other big suggestions when people, because a lot of people, when they come to our practice, they're getting back to cooking after long years of eating out or eating processed. And when you're getting back to that, and, you know, with plant-based um, nutrition, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys kind of went through the same thing. You start to cook with way more spices and seasonings, maybe, than you were before. And so it's so important when you're doing that to taste, um, you know, follow a recipe. I always say the first time you're making it. But the next time, you know, taste as you're going along. Maybe you want to put your own little flair on it. And that's how you're going to make it fit what your taste buds are craving for. Um, but so now, literally, all you're going to do is put this in a nice little saucepan. It's all nice and blended down. And we're going to stick it on the stove. And you want to bring it to a boil. And then we're going to reduce it. So I'm going to pop my lid on there. And every once in a while, you're just going to want to whisk this because, again, we already have our cornstarch on there. So you don't want it to start to get clumpy. So every once in a while, I'm going to meander on over and make sure we're not getting clumpy on me. But it's gonna thicken quite nicely and it will stay thick. So we're gonna bring it to a boil, turn it down to a simmer, keep stirring. And then, like I said, you can put this in the refrigerator in an airtight container for up to a week. You can use this on different vegetables throughout the week if you'd like. You can um, use it as a salad dressing even. I mean, who doesn't like an orange ginger dressing? Um, so those would all be really good options. Um, and all that I'm going to serve, I would typically do this with, I have some veggies that I'll plate this for you all with at the end. Um, and then I'll usually do rice, just regular old white rice um, or a different grain as the base of our stir fries with a lot, a lot of vegetables, making sure that we have all the colors in there that we can, some good uh, leafy green options. So um, I've chosen today uh, Napa cabbage as my uh, green of choice, but we do a lot of just regular old green cabbage or bok choy with our stir fries. 
And then I'm um, trying to get things like, uh, I always challenge people to three or more colors in a meal, if you can. And the colors in our food is where those antioxidants lie in those pigments. So the more pigments that we have in your meal, the more uh, variety of vitamins and micronutrients that we're getting in antioxidants. So you're just amping it up that way. And we eat with our eyes first. So more color, you're going to be more enticed to eat it as well. Those are very good tips. Yes. So thank you. We were talking about nutrition and how it can be different needs for different age segments of the population. And we, we, we actually have some people that are over 60 that walk. Do we absorb nutrients a little differently after we get to be a certain age? Vitamin D, interestingly enough, as well as vitamin C is one of them, uh, or two of them, I should say. So um, that is something to be aware of. Uh, if anything good has come out of the whole COVID crisis, it has been, you know, some research that's been done on supplemental vitamins. And so things like vitamin D, you know, as we age, your, your ability to make and absorb declines a little bit. So it's a good idea to have um, that as a supplement, even some vitamin C, um, depending on your age and health status. Um, it is something that you could even look into, uh, typically a sublingual vitamin C or not, excuse me, sublingual liposomal vitamin C is going to be a little better absorbed, not as hard on your stomach. Um, and it's going to be helpful with increasing your vitamin C levels because both of those, your vitamin D and vitamin C are essential for optimal immune function uh, and immune systems way beyond uh, a common cold right? You know, we can do a lot to amp up our health right now and, and prevent uh, from us being on those, you know, more susceptible populations to things like, you know, COVID that we have and like flus, but even things like cancer. Um, so, you know, the better our immune system is, is functioning, the, the better we will be overall. Um, and then the only other would be uh, not even age dependent necessarily, um, but some people convert omega-3s into that DHA and EPA um, within the body more efficiently than others. So just making sure that you're having those levels checked um, is something else to take a look at. Well, I'm glad that you talked about cancer and the immune system because I think that many people, especially if they haven't studied nutrition and so forth, think that it's just a genetic thing and that nutrition really can't predict what our genes are going to do. And you touched upon that. Can you Talk a little bit more about cancer and maybe the kinds of things that we should be thinking about when we're feeding our body. Absolutely. I mean, definitely uh, genetics play a role into what you should be concerned with. Um, you know, so that is part of it. However, very much so like lifestyle diseases, we can greatly reduce, if not eliminate your risk, depending on if we're flipping those genes, you know, turning them on or not. Uh, and so part of that is, you know, what, how good is your immune system functioning? What's your baseline inflammation? Um, you know, excess adipose tissue, excess fat tissue uh, is hormonal tissue. Uh, so, you know, it's in shown correlation with, you know, being overweight, obviously with heart disease, but you know, with women, things like breast cancer, your, your risk is going up. Um, if we lack fiber in our diet, you're, you're greatly uh, toying with your risk for things like colon cancer. So uh, your, your diet can, can improve um, your odds so much. And, you know, I think that that's 
that's a huge takeaway that I hope everyone gains a little empowerment from is, you know, we're not trying to make people live for forever. We know that's not possible and who would want to, there's a better place out there for us. But, you know, I think you want to live well while you're here and the food can taste great, but also choosing that the food that is also going to be benefiting your health, especially if some people do have a stronger family history for certain diseases and being aware of that and, you know, changing your game plan to help set you up for success. Yes. You don't want to live forever because that would be kind of boring, but we yeah. want to have a fun time while we're here. Right. And, and not, uh, <laughs> which is great. Especially if you have things that you can enjoy, like this delicious food and the things that life can bring us, if we can be more mobile and then less pain. And you talked about inflammation and that's just, we keep coming back to that. It just seems that what you eat is really a, a big part about inflammation and inflammation seems to not just be associated with pain, but also with help us not get certain kinds of diagnoses like cancer and COVID and such. So it looks like Absolutely. we have some questions. Okay. Apple 369, could Addie suggest some plant sources of calcium and how to increase the absorption of calcium? So if you have ditched the dairy and you have gotten rid of excess protein and animal protein, you are already greatly improving your absorption. So if we have a more acidic state, which excess protein, you know, whether it's from animal protein or powders and supplements, it makes us more acidic, um, as well as excess calcium, especially in folks who do a lot of dairy, your bones actually leach calcium. So if you've already done that, you're on the right track. Um, some great calcium sources, though, are going to be our dark leafy green vegetables. Um, good whole grains, uh, like I mentioned earlier, some soy, but as well as some other beans and, and lentils and legumes are also going to be really great sources of calcium. Uh, but if you're asking for bone density purposes, so yes, we want calcium in your diet. Um, it's an essential nutrient. But if we want to really make sure that our bones stay nice and strong, we got to move our body and do some uh, weight bearing activities as well as uh, resistance and strength training on a regular basis. So I uh, have a degree in nutrition, but my first degree was actually in exercise physiology. And I did that thesis on um, osteoporosis, osteopenia and sarcopenia, which is as we age, we have that natural unfortunate decline in uh, muscle strength. But if we uh, use it, we won't lose it. So getting out there, um, doing some weight-bearing activities like dancing, like running, like walking, biking and swimming and, and low uh, weight-bearing activities are great, but mixing it up with these other things, um, doing some resistance training, it doesn't have to be super heavy, two to three times a week. That's really going to be the most beneficial for that bone density. But if we're eating some of those other great sources of calcium from a plant-based diet and we've got out the more acidic uh, foods, you're, you're well on your way. I'm glad you kind of talked about those powders because so many people think that that's an important part of this lifestyle, especially if they're in the gym. And and I think the, the whole food plant-based is the way to go. And you've just told us that we don't need those things and that they actually could work against us if we're trying to absorb calcium. Jessica asks, I have a sweet tooth. What can I make for a treat? If you have a sweet tooth, 
sister, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> um, I was just talking with someone yesterday, jokingly, I come from a long line of chocoholics. And um, the biggest thing that I have done with members of our practice, but also myself, is if your fruit intake is not um, high enough, your body starts to have these cravings. And dependent on what you have been exposed to growing up and in your adult life and what you're making, if we are feeding our body more sugar and more hyper-saturated um, sweetened foods, your microbes are going to start to crave them, for lack of a better word, and your taste buds are going to want to crave them more. And if we don't have enough fruit, that's just going to come around more often. So my first boring response, which isn't boring, fruit's wonderful, is eat more fruit. Have a lot with breakfast. Have some on the side. You know, I like a little something sweet after lunch. Um, so I always have some fruit after I'm done with lunch. Um, you know, an intentional snack. Uh, I like people to get most of their nutrients at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But an intentional snack, if we have a bigger window of time of some fruit, or even, you know, after dinner, um, is great. But, you know, if we're going to make a special treat, you know, uh, if it's uh, having somebody people over or a birthday or something like that, you know, using better um, sweeteners like dates, like maple syrup, and just watching how much you're using, um, but also fruit purees. Um, but I will tell you, and I cannot take credit for this sweet treat. Um, my uh, mom, Dr. Delaney, uh, used to be a big ice cream, a big, big ice cream fan. So her favorite treat that she kind of just made up on the fly was, do you have like a little mason jar or a glass um, a sturdy glass cup and you put some frozen berries. So like blueberries or even cherries and maybe, um, you know, a little slice uh, or a section of a frozen banana, slice that up, put that in there, a little cacao powder unsweetened and some soy milk on unsweetened soy milk on there. And you sit there with all that frozen and you kind of churn it around. It turns into a slushy ice cream type consistency, but what you're getting is extra fruit. And cacao, I, your dietitian will tell you, is a little anti-inflammatory, so I'll give that to you. And it's a quick, delicious, refreshing treat, especially coming up in these summer months that's kind of like ice cream, uh, but it's all fruit, and you're not getting any of that hypersaturated um, sweetness. So that's a good one. That's quick and easy. Wow, that sounds delicious. So don't fear the fruit, right? We just Don't fear the fruit. Yes, please, <laughs> please. And a lot of people have that. So just to clear up on that, you know, the sugar in fruit is fructose, is the organic molecule. It is not the same as table sugar. So you are not going to have the same uh, pleasure receptor response for starters in your brain because it's not as sweet. So your body's not going to be having crazy cravings for it. Um, but the other side of it is not metabolized the same. So you're not going to have this big jump in your blood sugar and then this big fall because we also have that beautiful fiber attached to that fruit. So please, please don't fear the fruit. It's fabulous for you. Yeah, we need to get a T-shirt that says that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a bumper sticker, T-shirts everywhere. <laughs>
Carol F., what do you usually eat in a day? Well, it looks like we know what she eats for dinner. <laughs> um, a week. Yes. So we keep it pretty simple during the week. We we do uh, breakfast is, is oatmeal, usually. I'll do my, my rolled oats with some chia seeds and uh, different types of fruit. So usually always berries. I usually am working out first thing in the morning. So when I'm nice and dilated, it's a great time to get those uh, antioxidants from those dark blue and red and purple pigmented fruits in there. So I'll do, you know, frozen blueberries. We always have those on hand. Um, raspberries are super easy for, for my son. So we'll have those on hand too, maybe some banana. Uh, and so we'll do that with some cinnamon in our oats in the morning. Uh, on the weekends though, I like to mix it up. And we always say in our house, it's not the weekend if we haven't had pancakes. Um, so if you have our cookbook, uh, our Teff pancakes are a family favorite. Um, we make them every weekend, either on Saturday or Sunday, and they are filling. They're high in fiber. They're high in iron. Very, very nutrient dense. So we keep it balanced with a nice, nice big bowl of fruit. So it's not just a tall stack of pancakes where we're getting some more of those antioxidants in there um, on the weekends. Um, uh, if we're looking for something a little more savory, our tofu scramble is another family favorite. We'll do, but I'll even do that for dinner some nights. It's like a breakfast for dinner um, type of a thing. Um, if we don't have uh, leftovers for lunch, um, uh, my my go-to salad is um, just a regular baby spinach, a few handfuls in the big, and I will show you my salad bowl because people do not believe me. Um, this thing will be filled. So uh, vegetables, greens, colorful vegetables, fruit, things like that. Those are less calorically dense, higher nutrient dense foods. Big old bowl full of greens, right? So several handfuls full if I can. Uh, and then I love sweet potatoes. So I'll do a baked sweet potato quick and easy in the microwave uh, with um, uh, black beans usually or pinto beans. And then maybe some fresh salsa uh, from the grocery store. And then a little smoked paprika, garlic powder, drizzle a little balsamic on there. Um, if I want maybe a quarter of an avocado on top, that will keep me energized full throughout the afternoon. Um, and, and always, like I said, my little fruit afterwards to, to kick my sweet tooth um, is typically what I'll do. But for dinners, um, you know, we'll do anything from here. I'll put on what we have this week. Um, we did a Buddha bowl last night or no, two nights ago, Monday, last night was Tuesday. <laughs> the days all run together now, folks. Um, taco Tuesday was yesterday. So we did some oil free tortillas and some tacos. And I just did some seasoned beans, my own seasoning, um, with, uh, fajita veggies that I sauteed. So peppers, onions, some purple cabbage in there. So some nice colors with some oil free tacos, um, fresh cilantro and lime juice. And then um, tonight, we're going to cheat. We're going to have what I'm making right now. <laughs> um, so this ginger orange stir fry, which we'll typically um, do a stir fry once a week. Tomorrow, we have the cabbage gnocchi from our cookbook on hand. And then um, from there, I have not done the weekend uh, for us yet. But that gets us through the bulk of the week. But um, you know, that's really, we might even do a tofu scramble now that I just talked about it, made me hungry. Um, but so just different things. When I'm looking at um, dinners or lunches, I want 
dark leafy greens of some form, you know, those nitric oxide producing greens. I want some color. Uh, I want a nice, good plant-based protein source. So we do things from lentils to beans, to tofu, to um, Butler's soy curls. We do those sometimes too. Uh, and then um, a good quality whole grain or a potato. And that's my base. And that's what I teach people. And so we do that in different ways. Uh, but you know, if, if I can check all those boxes, I know we're going to go to bed full and satisfied. See, and even though you have all this information, you have this cookbook that you wrote, which of course, you talked about the Tep pancakes, and they're in here too, plus the other things. And I love this cookbook, because you have pictures for all the recipes yes, so we don't have to worry about what is it going to look like we already know but even though you have all this information and you wrote this recipe book you, as you were telling us what you eat you're glancing over at that sign on your that chart or whatever that you have on the refrigerator because it's all about just knowing and planning it out and it really doesn't take that much to plan it but if you have right. a plan you're just right. going to be successful Absolutely. And it will cut down on your grocery bill. Um, you know, if I don't plan, food goes to waste. You forget what you have. You get to the end of the day uh, and, you know, you're just kind of frazzled. What am I going to put together? Oh, it's easier just to order. And that's what I have people do a lot of the times. It's easier to pull something frozen out. But if you have a plan, you have all the ingredients already. If you have the good stuff there, it's easy to put it together. Um, and you could even make, you know, you don't have to plan something for every night. Even you could make a lot of something and then have leftovers. Um, but no, I, I, I live and die by my plans. You know, I'm a little type A. <laughs> but I, I think it's so true. I mean, even when you look at working out or exercising, most people don't just, you know, jump into something willy-nilly. You have a little bit of an idea of what you're going to do. Um, so, you know, if we're not organized with work, you know, we'd all get fired, you know, so having a little bit of a plan, what are your non-negotiables? What's important to you? Um, and it helps, you know, especially if you're just starting this lifestyle, please, please, please make a plan for yourself. And it doesn't have to be the whole week. I have four days here. Uh, my mind doesn't go much beyond four days these days. So I'll do four chunks, four day chunks at a time. And then we'll shop accordingly. That's a very good strategy. And if you have the cookbook, you can, there's so many recipes in here that you could just pick from there and, and make your plan with that. And I love how you have that big salad bowl because we're supposed to eat a big salad every day and people are supposed to look at that salad and say, is that all for you? Right. <laughs> then, yes. then you know it's big enough, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love when we have people come visit and I make lunch and they're like, what? <laughs> is that for everybody? I was like, no, this is, this is mine. Get your own salad. Yes. Don't touch my okay, food. Okay, we, we have another question. I think it might be our last. Allie H., my friends like to socialize at the bars. Uh, what, can we, what can I do? So, you know, whether it's bars or eating out at maybe, you know, not so great options, you have to think to yourself, uh, you know, why are you going? And usually it's for the people. So go with that in mind. You know, you're going for the social experience, um, you know, looking on the menu ahead of time. Maybe some nights you get to pick where you guys are going. Uh, but just know realistically, you're not going to get a super, you know, nutrient dense, lovely meal at certain places, unfortunately. But if you're going to have to maybe order something plain like a romaine lettuce salad or if you're you know, I have people who have to go like a steak 
place and get a plain baked potato and steamed broccoli. Just don't do that to yourself in your own setting. You know, have something really delicious um, either earlier for lunch or for dinner so you that you're already nice and satisfied. You don't feel like you're always cheating yourself food-wise. You know, give yourself something that's awesome when you're in control of your nutrition. And then it'll be easier to be a little bit more um, strict isn't the word, uh, but disciplined, if you will, when you go out and you're in those situations, um, you know, watching alcohol intake, you know, I think a little here and there, um, but just being mindful of how much you're having is always important too. But food wise, you know, make sure that you are treating yourself when you're home with really delicious food so that if you're in those situations from time to time, it's not like you're the whole day is not a wash, if that makes sense. Well, that's a really good strategy. How's that sauce looking? On the, the sauce stove? is great. The sauce is great. We're done there. And then we're also done with our tofu. So I'm going to pull this out and try to show. So it's just oh, round up a little bit. And it just again, we're not sticking to anything. No oil, no Pam. It's all good. So I literally, what I'll do, now I didn't make any rice for today, but I'll usually just do like a little bit of rice. So again, I'm not doing a whole lot of rice and a lot of vegetables. It's all about balance. But I'll typically do, um, you know, half a cup too, if it's a whole meal, you know, you can do about a cup of a grain. Um, and then I'll plate my veggies that I just, again, sauteed in water. And we have carrots, we have a red bell pepper, I have zucchini, I have that Napa cabbage. I'll do a few squares. Take my same ladle here. And this nice sauce has thickened up. And I meant to note, if you're cooking this and it's not thickening up, um, in a little dish like this, take a little bit more of that cornstarch and a little warm water, dissolve that, put it in, while you're stirring and it should thicken on up. Sometimes you just need a little bit more. Cornstarch can be a little funny that way. Um, but here is dinner tonight. Oh, <laughs> and so, look at that. Yes. So ah. this is our nice little orange ginger stir fry. And it's delicious oh. and immune boosting. And we'll all go to bed stuffed and happy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That looks so delicious. And I bet it smells so good in the kitchen, too. Uh, it does. My house smells <laughs> fabulous right now with that ginger going. Yes. <laughs> well, I think a lot of us sometimes, those of us that haven't been plant-based all of our lives, that after adopting this lifestyle, sometimes we can feel like we're missing out on something. But with that type of recipes, you could get that type of cuisine and really not feel bad about what you're eating and, and know that it's not only good for you, but it's delicious. So can't go wrong with that. I'm excited about trying that and sharing that with my family oh, too. Yes, um, I think you'll love it. We are getting so many comments about how people are enjoying your demo and enjoying you and feeling like you're giving us so much information. And oh, I would love to have you back again. Maybe somebody want to know if you... Uh, Lori, she said, I'd love to see you make your pancakes sometime. Let's <laughs> so, do it, Lori. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe you can come back and make the pancakes because I think that's a big deal for people, especially with the no oil, if they can figure out Absolutely. how to do that. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, so, we'll do breakfast one day. 
Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about where people can reach you if they want to utilize your services. Yes. So um, I, as, as you all had mentioned in the beginning, um, I am the dietitian on staff. I'm the wellness coordinator, coordinator for uh, my wonderful mom, Dr. Jamie Delaney's wellness practice, which is based in Southwest Florida. Um, but we have a variety of membership programs. So we have people um, in California and Michigan, here in Texas, Georgia, who are part of our online membership. So if you are out of the area or in the area, um, you can find out all of our membership options and how we could potentially work together on drdelaney.com. And that's D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y. So it's doctor spelled out. And you can email me at Addie, my name, A-D-D-I-E, at drdelaney.com if you have any questions or, or would like to know more about how we could work together or about this delicious meal um, in the future. And so we do um, nutrition classes via Zoom as well as in person for our practice. Uh, I work remotely here in Houston, Texas. So I'm able to chat with you all wherever you are, work on exercise, nutrition, or both. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram and see lots of baby and exercise and food photos at a natural dot rooted dot nutrition is my handle uh so uh it, it was a great great cooking with you all today and answering some great questions and i really hope that we get to do this again soon maybe this is lovely thank you so much amy for having me and for having a platform about this that's accessible for everyone to learn about the the benefits of plant-based nutrition i just can't commend you enough i think this is fabulous well, thanks, Addie, and you are just so awesome to speak with. I really enjoyed having you on the show, and I want to let everybody know that I have a special announcement that I'm going to put at the end of the broadcast, so please stay tuned, but in the meantime, I would like to thank someone that has been working hard in the background, and that's Rebecca with PKA Solves, and she's been engineering everything and clicking all the buttons for me. I'd also like to thank Jess from JessTossVoice.com, and she did the voiceovers and the countdown. But most of all, I want to thank you guys, because Addie came here so that she could be a part of this broadcast with me, because you're here. And thanks for your comments and your questions, and thanks for sharing and liking and subscribing, because that is how we're gonna get the word out about this lifestyle. And I want you to, if you could do my tagline with me as I do it with Addie, and we sign off, you can type it in the comments. Be strong, be well, and be green. green. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Coming up next on Be Green with Amy Live. Broccoli sprouts are among the superfoods we should include in our lifestyle. Jim Beerstetcher will teach us about sprouting seeds and more. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live.